The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bentinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hey, Joanne. Warm greetings to you, Dom. <laughs> and Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. Uh, just life in sunny Montana. We're at 100 over this week, so I get it. <laughs> yes. How's it going? Very good, thanks. Yeah, well, Joanne, we finally got hit with the bug. We've had the best summer so far in uh, mm-hmm. Massachusetts that I can remember in a long time. Yeah. Where, you know, temperatures haven't been too bad. And everyone else has been baking, and it's finally caught up to us. We're, we're in the heat. Good. <laughs> we are officially sweating here. Thank yes. you. Officially. So before we get started, I want to tell everyone about another show on the StarQuest Network you are sure to enjoy called The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. You would definitely want to check it out wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash secrets. We've had some awesome shows lately. We've talked about Close Encounters of the Third Kind with Jimmy Aiken. We've talked about uh, Father Stu that we did here and, and mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. three of us uh, and a bunch of other stuff. And we've got some great shows coming up. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Uh, if you remember the 80s sci-fi show, The Last Starfighter, the, the movie. Yeah, we're going to talk about that soon. So definitely nice. check out Secrets nice. of Movies and TV shows. It's a lot of fun. All right. Before we get into our usual content, I have one of my... Dom's Tales of Woe. Uh, so wah, wah. We, we, what we need is we need to have a, you know something you can play where it's Dom's Dom's Tales, 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 tales yes. of Woe. That would be good. <laughs> With wailing in the background. So uh, this is uh, a ding on Apple. Apple's a find my failure, shall, shall we say. Uh, so the other day I was looking for my AirPods Pro and, uh, I, you know, they come in a little case and I'm always, you know, putting them down somewhere and forget where I put them. And I, I was looking everywhere. And so I said, OK, that's why we have Find My. So I open up the Find My app on my iPhone, go to look at it. The last time this phone has seen your AirPods Pro was last Tuesday at 6.30 a.m. And I'm like, what was I doing? Oh, I went for a walk and... It, just as I was going, my daughter ran out and said, can I go with you? I'm like, oh, sure. And so I put them in my, they took them out of my ears and because I usually should podcast when I'm walking and I put the AirPods in my pocket and I couldn't find them anywhere. And of course, you know, find my, I used to play the sound and do the location tracking, couldn't find it, nowhere to be found. So uh, I, I waited, I looked for several days. I'm like, I can't like, they're gone. I must have dropped them on my walk. Like, uh, you know, reached in my pocket and pulled them out, something out of my pocket and dropped them or something. And that's long gone. Uh, so like, I need, I need AirPods. I can't, like I, I use them all the time. So I reluctantly ordered another set. Mm-hmm. It just as it shipped. What do you think I found? Like within reaching distance of where I'm sitting right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I now have a, Brand new set of AirPods Pro sitting in a box unopened you know, on my desk here next to me that I now have to take back to the Apple store. I mean, granted, they have a very generous return policy, but it's a pain in the neck. The, the big problem mm. is, is that Find My just doesn't work well enough. It, it really, mm. like, especially with AirPods, I, like, it's useless if it needs to be opened <laughs> and on yeah. to find it. Like, what's the point then? So... No. Now, were they in the charging case or were they just yep. sitting you like I just said, OK, because nope. I was going to say, you know, if, if they had obviously if the batteries had run out on them because they were just sitting on the shelf. Nope. No. Fully no, charged. It's not going to work. But sitting in the case, that's fully charged like that. I mean, that's kind of the point. It's like if the, if the battery is still good, why can't you find it? Like, why can't you connect? Like I can connect to an air tag. Mm-hmm. So but I think with the AirPods, it's, it has to be on you and connected to something before it activates the where am I? Right, which is kind of yeah. pointless because right. <laughs> if I've got them in my ear, I know where they are. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that you didn't, they don't have that. The case doesn't have some way to ping, you know, do the the, the sound. Right, right. right. So I'm I'm wondering now. 
do I need to buy an air tag and connect it to the case? <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, well, well that'd be Apple. You yeah, know, yeah. double your pleasure, yep. double your money. Well, this was the solution I had when I had the old AirPods that didn't have Find My installed. Is I got a, a case for it, like a rubberized case that had a D-ring, like a carabiner on it, you know, mm-hmm. and connected a tile to it so that I could find mm-hmm. the tile. The tile works fine like that. I mean, tile's not perfect either, but at least it will find things if I'm not, if they're not on, you know? Uh, so I, I'm, I'm hoping Find My gets better in the future, especially the, with the AirPods. So that's my, my tale of woe and something to be to be aware of when you're trying to find your AirPods and whatnot. So the good news is I have my AirPods and I don't have to drop the money on new AirPods Pro unless Melanie decides that she wants them. And then in which case I'm probably going to be keeping them and paying for them. <laughs> there you go. That's a whole okay, just life, just take them back life. to the store before she realized you did. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's the whole other thing is like she keeps stealing my uh, light lightning to headphone adapters. Because she keeps mm. losing hers, and uh, ah. and I don't really use them, but she keeps losing them, so I keep buying them. And because because <laughs> she has wired headphones, I'm like, maybe I should just get her the AirPods, but then she'll lose those, so then maybe not. Anyway, let's move on to talk about <laughs> something that's of more interest to the rest of our audience, which is uh, just I kind of need to start with a little bit of a story. I got an email from a listener who was passing along an email that they had received from someone at their uh, parish or a nearby parish. Um, and they were concerned because of something that had just happened with a company that was providing uh, services to them, uh, te- technological services, email services. Mm-hmm. So the company is called CatholicWeb.org, and they've been around forever. And one of the things that they did was they, they kind of were selling services to parishes for from the early days, selling websites, and they started offering free Google space, workspace accounts because Google had these free accounts that they offered, but they were sort of repackaging them in their bundle to all of the parishes that and ministries mm-hmm. that were buying services from them. Well, recently, Google got rid of the free Google workspace product for businesses. There was, it was, this was a business product. Uh, and and it basically businesses could get a free uh, Google workspace. It used to be called Google suite. Uh, mm-hmm. if they can, if they had like only a few email accounts as opposed to many, uh, that sort of thing. Right. And so the, these Google, uh, workspace for free went away and Catholic web started telling all these parishes, you're going to have to set up new email accounts on your own we can't offer this product anymore. We have no migration option. Uh, they basically were telling them, look, here's the bill that, that Google sent us. Uh, if we wanted to continue, it was a, it was a $10,000 uh, bill. It would 16. cost them $16,000 a month Yikes. to continue because they had so many churches, yeah. you know, under their umbrella. <clears throat> so uh, that left all these parishes and church, you know, ministries, it it abide because they have no there's no way to migrate they have to set everything up from scratch and brand new and so you know this is um the the person who emailed me said what are what do the parishes do so that's what i kind of wanted to talk about is how, what what is the best way for parishes and ministries to get set up with with basic infrastructure like this including uh email and you know Google Workspace like uh, features mm-hmm. and websites and that sort of thing. Um, so, uh, just to start off, I just ask ask both of you, what do you use for your parishes uh, for these services? So, before we go into that, I want to talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna play Google apologist a little bit, okay. only because I okay. was actually affected by this. I was not the Catholic Web, but the transition from G Suite Legacy they called it to Google Workspace. Because I had set up FatherCory.org, FRCory.org. That's, you know, a website where I host all my homilies and, you know, I post other things there once in a while. Um, I had Google email. I used Gmail, FatherCory at FatherCory.org, stuff like that. Um, and I had the legacy for a long time, for over a decade, you know, before they made the, you know, long before they made the transition. And I, when they first announced Google what they now call Google Workspace, when they changed it to G Suite, it used to be just Google Docs. That's what we all knew it as, Gmail and Google Docs, and they made it all G Suite. And they kept this free tier, this legacy tier, but then other tiers were paid. And I knew, 
again, a decade ago when they did this, Google at some point is going to charge for this. There is no way they're going to leave this free forever. They said they would, but this is Google. This is a big business. Apple says they'll keep things for free. They start charging. Uh, Facebook, Microsoft, all these they companies, all eventually they're yeah. going to start charging. So now you flash forward to earlier this year and Google starts sending out these emails about that and that it's changing over. And I ended up changing over to the Google workspace because it has a couple of features that I do use or did use. Now I've changed my email. That's another story. But um, so this wasn't a big surprise that it was going to come eventually. Um, and then Catholic Web is was kind of skirting the rules with Google because they were basically repackaging something that Google was giving for free. Yes. You know, and so they should have had an idea in their mind that at some point they're going to have to change this. Right. So, I mean, that, that's that, and not to say I, I am happy with what Google did, but this is one of these cases where, to be fair, Google was absolutely in its right to do this, you know. Um, so now, now that I've done that, now to go to the question you asked, you know, about, you know, what can what should parishes do? And I do think things like this Google, Google workspace is an option for smaller parishes. Mm -hmm. Because it is a not just email, it's email, it's all the Google Docs, it's the chat, it's Google Meet, it's a lot of features that small parishes could use mm -hmm. for, you know, yeah, $6 a person is the starting. Right. At least that's what my account is. Or nothing, but we'll get to that in a, in a, in a few minutes. There is a, there is a way to do this for free, but, uh, but, right. but, uh, but. Well, we can get to that. Uh, is that what you're using for your parishes? Is right right now my parishes is in like the 1980s. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. not even now. Yeah. See, now I had used up in my previous parish, I'd actually used Office 365 from Microsoft, which mm. is of course is a competing product. At least when I was looking at it, it's a little more expensive. I can't remember what it was, but it's a little more expensive. But that also gives you all the Office 365 desktop apps. Word, Excel, PowerPoint, et cetera, et cetera. I think it was $15 a month. I can't remember for sure. But that's what I used for the email, not the website. Website was separate. You know, some of these services you can use web. They, they have web services as well, but I use that separately at that because that was been there when I arrived. Right, right. Um, how about you, Joanne? What is What do your parishes use? We are using Google Workspace for nonprofits, and it is free. Okay. We're still on the free plan. Now, they, I was using G Suite in the previous collaborative. And when I switched collaboratives, they had already gone through this Google Workspace transition. So when I came on board, even though I'm an admin, they said, no, we still have a free plan. So we are enjoying all of the things like forms and classroom and meet and all of that for mm -hmm. free. Which is good for us, especially for emails, because this way we can have certain emails for certain things, such as all of our staff have their own email account at our mm -hmm. org. Right. But we can also do things like, you know, Faith Formation has their own, RCIA has their own, um, Media has its own, because with each one of those comes 30 gig of cloud space. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, and that to us is important when we're trying to, um, you know, with YouTube and having YouTube accounts and all of that. So everything goes through the Google Workspace. And for us, it's, believe me, it saves us money. Oh, yeah. It keeps things together. Yet there are other things that we still have to. It's not the be all and end all, but it helps. Do any of us use Google Docs? No, we're all still using Microsoft Office in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And I know he, I know my pastor has licenses for those for those in the office. I have my own, but we do use Meet on a regular basis. We do use the calendars, especially because mm -hmm. that's so important. We can embed those calendars on our website, which is hosted by someone else. Um but we can embed them and change them and let them be live, especially with faith formation. I keep telling, there's a big disclaimer on it that says this calendar changes. So please keep coming back to look at yeah. it. <laughs> or subscribe. If you, 
Yeah, well, yeah. that's just it. Look, some of my folks wouldn't know how to do uh, I that. I know, but, but okay. yeah, we, we still have to give them a printed yep. copy. Right. Yeah. But at least here's the link. Go there, and if your calendar in your hand does not match what's on that, what's on that link on that website, change it quickly. Right. The website. That's the one that's the correct. website is the can- is canonical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it is very much so. They're very good. Yeah. Um. But no. So I think parishes. If they want to have especially email for everybody that they can, that's pretty well controlled. Now, the only thing I haven't found yet, because I had it come up, yes, two days ago, was, of course, another one of those phishing emails. Hi, I'm going into a meeting. Can you get me, don't call. Can you get me by email? And it was a spoof of my pastor's. Uh Oh, yeah. You know, it looked like my pastor's name, and I said, "Sure, you are." And I clicked it, and it was some some crazy, you know, address. So yep. when I went to go block it, I can't find the blocking anymore. So I don't know if they've taken that away from us as admins, and it's directly by user or what. So you mean from the from the Google admin page? Yeah, I yeah. should. I right. was able to do that before. I was able to list yeah. the emails that I could. You say no, you know, bounce these back, do yeah. something, yeah. find it. I can't seem to find that. Okay. Anymore. I assume it's still there. I assume yeah. it's still there. I, I, so. just, moved. I just can't settings. find it. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. So I just want right. to kind of, kind of backtrack a little bit and mention a few things that, that you know, kind of uh, follow the thread on a couple of things that I mentioned. So Microsoft Office, like you mentioned, Father Corey, also offers a lot of the same functionality, including email, Outlook. They have an uh, yep. online uh, Outlook server. The, you know, exchange server. They, uh, well, they they also have a nonprofit program, so mm-hmm. you, that you can qualify for. Now, for both Google nonprofits and Microsoft nonprofit, schools do not qualify as as nonprofits under that. They do have education right. plans, so those are separate. But parishes should qualify. However, be, parishes are under, as anyone who works in a parish knows, are under the blanket exemption given by the IRS. Yep. To the USCCB. This is um, this is America specific, and both Google and Microsoft give you all kinds of information for uh, for all the co- countries they work in and nonprofit status in those countries. But for American listeners, your parish is under a blanket exemption. But for Google specifically, I'm not sure if it's the same with Microsoft. You still have to get approved as a nonprofit separately through Google's mm-hmm. process, which is yep. fine. Well, and with parishes, because of the blanket exemption it can cause some jumps or some hoops you need to jump through yeah it can be a pain because you go to the irs's lookup table which is what google's going to do for yep. nonprofits. most parishes don't show up well, because it's under right. that blanket exemption yeah so that that gets to be difficult to prove your nonprofit status sometimes right and they they acknowledge that and that's why they they have this separate process or this additional step you have to go through to to prove your nonprofit status as a parish. And frankly, dioceses should already be helping their parishes do this. I mean, this should be a mm-hmm. function of the diocese. If the diocese is not already providing email and other, t- you know, online, you know, uh, infrastructure for their parishes, yeah. They should be. Uh try to th- try to get sh- that argument done. Good yeah. luck. They should at least be helping parishes figure this stuff out or ha- you know, in in helping them get, to get through this because you know, most parishes don't have people there who are able to navigate a lot of this stuff, unless it's a volunteer who steps forward and volunteers move. They, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, dioceses really need to be helping their parishes. And and I say this because I used to be the guy at the Archdiocese of Boston helping parishes navigate this. So uh, it's not impossible to go through Google Workspace or nonprofits, and not just parishes. If you have run any kind of independent ministry or postulate, if you run any kind of 501c3 nonprofit, uh, you might qualify for this, there's a few other exemptions that don't qualify, but in general, you probably do um, yeah. qualify. I, I was going to say, I think you know, churches do qualify, but I, but I wonder about things like apologetics organizations and stuff like that, you know, like the, Catholic Answers, for example. Yeah, or us. I mean, we qual- actually qualify as a five hundred one c three. We have a five where a nonprofit is Starquest is, and so we do yeah. qualify. So. Yes. I mean, we have a, a mission and s- some organizations are more stringent about weeding out like certain missions and this is non-discrimination clauses. And so that can cause some problems. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Airtable is a product that I use uh, also in in uh, our work here at StarQuest. Uh, and they offer right. a nonprofit exempt a discount 
Except they disqualify all religious organizations. Yep. So oh. and that's and that's what I'm that's what I'm referring yeah. to. I, I've I've looked into like you can get grants for nonprofits for things like Adobe software, yeah. for example. That's the one I, I tried to go for. And it explicitly says in there, churches need not apply in, in right. not so many words. But, you know, churches, any, any religious organization need not apply. Yeah. Why? Uh, because we'd all do it. And then, you know, they wouldn't have their extra billions in profit. No, no, no because, it's, you know, it's about our not, beliefs. Yep. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Because, you know, we might use their software to push our our religion. But right. we'll pay, we can pay them to use their software to push our religion. <laughs> right. And that that's I mean, it's their business. They can do what they want, I suppose. I but guess. but yep. the fact is, is, you know, they they also carve out like some carve out labor organizations. Others carve out anything having to do with politics. So, you know, it's just a matter of they've they've just made a decision and from their business perspective on what they're going to do. But there are plenty that still allow religious organizations and Google and Microsoft both do. So mm-hmm. that's, that's going to be good in this case. And, and it's, you know, when you, when you do this, you'll want to register a domain name. That will be your, like, you don't want to, you're going to need a domain name that fits with your parish. Say we're talking about parishes. Um, you should already have one. Uh, and when you register the domain name, register it in the name of, the parish with an email that belongs to the parish with an password at the registrar that belongs to the parish. I had parishes come to me saying Mm -hmm. a volunteer, you know, registered our parish domain name 10 years ago. We have no idea where he is now or how to contact him. We need to move our domain name to this other place. And it's like, sorry, (laughs) like there's nothing we can do. Like the the guy is gone and the domain registrar is, is, is doesn't, doesn't care. You're going to have to change yeah. your domain. And that that's what happened here is a previous pastor had, or yeah, previous pastor, administrator, whatever title, a previous priest had created a domain for these parishes and he left and I'm, I'm in contact with him. He's a, he's a friend of mine, but he doesn't remember what the, the username and password was. Right. He doesn't remember what I think he remembered. It was GoDaddy is what they had registered oh, on, which that's yeah. another story. Yeah. But I'm not a fan of GoDaddy just because they're me neither. Yeah, yeah, they're they're morally corrupt. But anyways, um, and he said, "Oh, I left it there. I, you know, I'm sure there's a sticky note in a folder somewhere. And of course, by now it doesn't matter because it's expired. Yeah. Um, so I'm, you know, up the creek with the proverbial creek without the proverbial paddle on that one, right? Because if I had come and that information was there available to me, I could have quickly changed it over. I could got things set up. So it wasn't an issue and not a problem. But like you said, somebody sets it up and then they leave and don't remember what they had set it to because, Oh, I'm done with this now. Right. Or they don't have a password manager that they can just kind of get their information from and pass it along. Right. Exactly. Which is why pep every parish, you know, with, of a certain size, not every single parish, I suppose, but parishes should have a password manager and perhaps use a team-based password manager so that mm-hmm. passwords get saved centrally, uh, not written down or saved in a Word doc uh, on a computer somewhere, but saved in a vault of some sort, an electronic vault of some sort, so that there's, there's a legacy, there's an institutional memory for these yeah. things. That's a really important thing. Parishes uh, are, are terrible about technological institutional memory for things and need to get better at it. Or you're just, you're going to be consistently forever struggling to get, to, to keep up and to keep, you just waste a lot of time doing these things, all time and money. But they don't see the need for it, which right. is really sad. Now within the past, maybe seven years, I've been in three different collaboratives and every time I have left them all the information they need to move on, or I've moved mm-hmm. it for them. So here's your clean slate. Go for it. And even the, the products, I want to use the term products, that we produce in parishes, that's all the intellectual property of the parishes. It's not our own stuff. Right. So I always leave a, up in the cloud somewhere the originals. I may take some copies for me because, of course, I can retrofit these anywhere I go, mm-hmm. but the parishes or collaboratives have all the work I've done for them. Yeah. Right. Same here. You Same know? Here. Yeah. And that's and that's one advantage these things, going kind of back to our, our topic, these things like Google Workspace, mm-hmm. Office 365, they're so great at is you can have 
shared folders among yes. your parish that you can say, okay, anything, you know, when you leave load, you know, basically copy your folder, anything that you need to leave behind for the parish into the shared folder. Or right. it's already and it's there in a folder that's controlled by the parish. That, right. So the, the, whoever is the Google administrator, the Google workspace administrator can, right. can move, you know, it, especially if you're, if someone's leaving involuntarily, <laughs> you know, sometimes yeah. that, but yeah, that that's a big thing. Like there, there could be folders in a shared place of all of the bulletins and all the flyers and all of the minutes of meetings mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff in a shared place where everyone has access to it. So that no matter what, and to your point, Joanne, like you know, nobody cares when we sees the need. I think you know, uh, time takes takes care of that eventually. There will be a generation of priests coming up who yeah. grew up hopefully. using Google services. Uh, yes, yeah, hopefully. Um, but I don't think we want to wait that long. I mean, we need to really start moving moving these things and getting a little bit more organized. And partly because we don't have the luxury of lots of people working in a parish, you know, that we can make mm. up for it with volume of employees. This, as parish budgets get smaller and parish staffs get smaller, these sorts of things are multipliers. They let you continue to do things more efficiently. And that's mm-hmm. that's another reason to, to think about it. Yeah. And, and especially in smaller parishes where you might only have a couple of staff or in my case, I am the only paid staff, you know, but I'm, I'm in an extremely rural situation. So mm-hmm. that's very different than most people have. But or even with volunteers, you know, there are going to be times when you're going to need volunteers to have access to this kind of material mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, and it's it's and you know. It, I will say that you're going to get priests who understand this stuff by basically forcing the priest to understand this stuff. I mean, let's, let's be honest, you know, and I I hate to say it about my brother priest, but we just, sometimes we just need lay people to grab us by the hand and say, father, here's how you do this. (laughs) You need to do this. You know, (laughs) I know you don't want to, but this is your job now, whether you like it or not. (laughs) I've been lucky that I, the last two that I've had as pastors, are already savvy. Mm-hmm. So these things have mm-hmm. already been set up. But unfortunately, it's the support staff and yeah. a lot of times also the faith formation staff that have no idea how to do these things mm-hmm. and, you know, and are older and don't want to at this point because they're yeah. all looking at retirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, but but the other thing to, to, that I've experienced is you, people can learn. And I mean, I had yep. I had a 90 year old woman uh, that I taught how to use Slack in a parish. You know, it's it's possible to get people to people can learn. They are often willing to learn. Um, and yeah. and I think sometimes uh, bishops need to, you know, the office of the bishop or the authority of the bishop needs to mm-hmm. be used to tell pastors you need to get this done. Like it's just, right. You just need to make this a priority well, to fix this sort of thing. And, and that's hard in diocese because, you know, there yeah. is par- parishes have some autonomy from the diocese. You know, it's, it's such a weird situation is we're attached to the diocese. We're a part of the diocese, but we're autonomous from the diocese yeah. and trying, you know, because that was um, I pushed for that for about 10 years ago to get. um joint website for the diocese and all parishes and email diocesan email diocese great falls billings.org email addresses for each priest and the priests were like no you're not going to do this to us it's like dude seriously this makes our job easier (laughs) well it's why are you fighting this you guys are i I can't use the words i was thinking about them (laughs) at that moment but it's just like this would make our job so much easier if you had one email address that you knew everything from the diocese was going to. You had one email address you could give out publicly for your ministry where you don't have to worry about, I have to create a private email address or every time I go to a different parish, I get a different email address. This would just make our life so much easier. Maybe I need to push this again at the diocese. Okay, we need, this is a point where you as the diocese need to say too bad. This is it. Or just create it and say, here it is. <laughs> just yeah. present but some it. Of, but some of them still want to use, you know, Padre a Jedi274.com, you know, dot yeah. gmail.com, yeah. and they don't want to change their email. Right. And no one says they can't have to get rid of their personal email, but, you know, all of your official correspondence is coming to this one. 
Yeah. You know, and right. we'll show you how to forward or whatever you need to do. Yeah, they drag their feet on it. But I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. So I understand oh, yeah. your pain, Father Corey. I've seen well, it. Well, and, and for yeah. me, it's extremely frustrating because I've got right now three email addresses the diocese sends to and sometimes multiple times oh, where I'll get in, yeah. you know, my, you know, my old Gmail account I've had since the beginning of Gmail. Yeah. I'll get something from the diocese there. I'll get it from my org email. I'll get it from an old parish email that I need to get rid of. Um, you know, and it's just like, pick one. This one right here. And that's the thing is for the the diocese to keep track of these things. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think I think that would be great. Um, And, you know, the like in Boston, they set up uh, sort of stub websites. So even for parishes that don't didn't couldn't be bothered to build their own website in the 21st century, they've created a basic website on bostoncatholic.org for every parish Mm -hmm. that has information about, you know, the address, the mass times, the, you know, the staff and contact information. So at least it's online somewhere and and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, diocese can do a lot in this area, too. All right. uh, So I want to, you know, cap off our conversation about this here for now. Uh, We could definitely come back to this. And I would love to hear from from listeners who have questions or have advice or information in this area. We'd love to hear from you or your tale of woe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll take there's, tales there's of a woe. lot more. There's, there's a lot more rant about all this. So <laughs> <laughs> we can we lock and load. <laughs> right. Right. So before we move on, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Jonah M, Jocelyn T, Jonathan L, father, Paul H and Sydney O. Their generous generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And remember, we are a nonprofit, so we depend entirely Mm. on your generosity. So let's move to our headlines. Uh, Our first headline. This is an interesting one. Well, they're always interesting. That's why I pick them. But uh, this one, Mm. uh, if, if you remember... A year years ago, Facebook bought Oculus, the VR headset maker. And one of the things that a lot of Oculus owners didn't like was that Facebook made them all use Facebook accounts to sign into Oculus, yep. uh, whether it's the you know Quest or whatever. But now that Facebook is Meta, they have decided to change that requirement. You will no longer need to sign in using a Facebook account. You will no longer need a Facebook account to use your Oculus headset. What you'll need is a meta account. And mm. the, the the thing is, is it's six and one half dozen the other. You know, you're still you're still giving uh, meta slash Facebook all the same information you are you had before. But mm-hmm. there are some benefits uh, to doing this as well. But so but first, what do you think of this is uh, I, I don't think if you have a have a VR headset, that would be uh, mm. a Pat <laughs> is our VR headset yeah. pr- person. But uh, the idea of you know, Facebook making you do this and then lifting the requirement and that sort of stuff. What what did you think of this? All I, all I can say is to quote the band, the who meet the new boss, same as the old boss. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Mark, mark my word within five years, your Facebook, your Instagram, and that maybe I might even be like optimistic at five years within two or three years. All those will be have to be rolled into a meta account. It will all be one. This is, this yeah. is actually mm-hmm. them moving towards you have one, I mean, they already have it where you use your Facebook account for your Instagram. Yeah. You know, and they've and some of the other services. I don't even remember what all they have anymore, but it's like, no, they're just going to move to the meta account and you won't log into Facebook using your Facebook account. You'll log in using your meta account and Instagram mm-hmm. and all these other things. This is just the first step towards that. This is changing nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I'm already using, um, I use Facebook and I have a, page that belongs to work that belongs to our collaborative and they've changed that to meta business suite yeah which Ah, drives me absolutely buggy oh it's a terrible software it's horrible yeah it's i mean it was bad enough trying to control your page now it's you know you have to actually physically leave facebook and go into the meta business suite so okay fine so there's two right there. They own Instagram. They own WhatsApp. I'm waiting mm-hmm. for, for WhatsApp to connect to yeah. something else. So it's like, okay. Well, Facebook Messenger will probably become WhatsApp. WhatsApp. And, yeah. That I wouldn't thing. be yeah. surprised. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right, Father Corey. At some point, this is all just going to be one big meta universe. <laughs> and 
a meta ball of whatever <laughs> bag of hurt. It's a meta bag of hurt. A meta bag of hurt. Yeah, that's that's a good. Well, <laughs> maybe we have a show uh, title. So yeah, there's a show title. <laughs> one one good thing here that that looks like it's coming with is that you'll be able to have multiple accounts in one headset, uh, which is will be good because you know I have a a, a headset. And I use it. My my kids each want to use it. And my wife doesn't really use it, but she, she might if she wants to talk to her mom, you know, visit with her mom and her brother and stuff. But the fact is, is when they go on, it's my account, my Facebook account that they're mm-hmm. using, which uh, I feel a little, especially when the kids are on there, I feel a little leery of. So what, you can, what you'll be able to do is set up uh, multiple different shared, like different profiles, different meta mm-hmm. accounts for each each user and you'll switch between them. So there's that. So that's, that's one benefit. Basically Facebook is getting ready or meta is getting ready to be the next Google where everything is wrapped under one login, which I mean, that's a nice feature. It really is. If you use these services, but that being said, don't, don't think that you're getting anything, you know, anything's changing here at all. It's not right. Right. Uh, It's the metaverse that's coming. That's, that's what they're preparing for. So our next headline is also uh, Google related as so sort of a Google theme today. Uh, mm-hmm. But this one was interesting because it's ADT is betting Google can drag it into the future. So that was the headline. Uh, this is a Bloomberg article. And it basically talks about a few years ago, Google bought a stake in ADT. ADT is the uh, century old security company. They make the, the home security you know, in business security systems and all that sort of stuff. And um, I mean, they're so old. The ADT stands for uh, American distributed telegraph company. <laughs> so, yeah. So you, you can tell how old it is, but what happens is uh, Google kind of bought a share of it. And now ADT is selling a lot of the Google smart home stuff, especially the security smart mm-hmm. home stuff and, and doing the install. And it's kind of interesting because, uh, it basically, it's the same equipment, the Google Nest, the Google Home, the Google, you know, uh, the cameras and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But the advantage is they install it. So they send their mm-hmm. installers out and they install it in your home and wire it all up and make sure it all works. And they offer a monitoring service. So, you know, as it is now with a lot of these home security systems, whether it's Amazon or Google or what have you, is you have to monitor it from your phone. Uh, but right. And if you're, you know, if you're not near your phone or you're not paying attention or whatever, you, the alerts do nothing for you. So they offer a monitoring service for a, a monthly fee, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, ADT obviously gets that benefit. Google gets the benefit of selling your equipment. And ADT is trying to improve their reputation because as the article that I'll link to uh, says, you know, for a long time, people were saying you'll get all the benefit of ADT and, and uh, almost none of the cost if you just buy a bunch of ADT lawn signs off of eBay and yeah. stick them in your yard because ADT is unreliable. And that that's the that's what they're trying to change that reputation. What do you all think of this, though? OK, I, I you know, I, I actually saw a commercial for this watching the uh, uh, all star game, the MLB all star game mm-hmm. yesterday. You know, where they're advertising this, where it's you get the, you know, you got the the Nest Home and you got the Nest Doorbell and then you get the ADT controller, which connects to Google, Mm -hmm. Google Home. So this is all, you know, so then you can monitor your your uh, system from home, you know, from your phone and everything like that. And I, I think that's frankly, a logical step with a lot of this smart home stuff. I can see Apple trying to figure out some way to do that. Amazon trying to find, figure out some way to do it as well. Google just actually got ahead of the game on this because it there are already ways with some of these this equipment where it will have, you know, can recognize glass shattering. You know, someone breaks into your house right. and it can send an alert, you know, stuff like that. You know, cameras that, of course, motion detection on all the, the ring doorbells and things like that. So this is a I mean, I, I think this is a logical way, especially if ADT it gets better about actually responding to alerts and things like that, <laughs> yes. you know, and that that's, that's the big question mark is, are they making the investments in people in equipment in the back end at their facilities that when there is an alert to then, you know, contact the owner on their smartphone and say, was this you? Yes or no. Right. Right. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. See our house. 25 years ago uh, came with an alarm system and, and it's not a national one. It's a regular, it's an in-town one. And I came a little late to the home 
automation stuff. So everything I have is almost a patchwork. You know, I've got <laughs> Wemos, I've got Wisecams, I've got, you know, HomePod, uh, the A-Lady, um, and the whole nine yards. Would I like to have one place monitoring all that? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Because at this point, the only time, you know, my alarm system kicks in is if somebody tries to get in or if the smoke, you know, if the smoke detectors go off. Although two very important things. But yeah, I think I might like somebody else to do that because you can go crazy between ring video doorbell and wise cams and all that, trying to monitor all these things yourself. Plus something like Simply Safe, you know, they, they package it as here's everything in a box, go out and put it in your house. Half the people don't know what to do with this stuff. They don't know where should go, what should go where, and do I need more of these? And then how do you, so yeah, I, this is intriguing because I'd like, I would love to see one company just kind of do the monitoring. Now, if Apple wants to take over, fine. <laughs> I will, <laughs> I'll give them more of my money and they can do all of that. Yeah. But if my, you know, if my company or ADT or whatever wants to do this kind of thing, have at it. Well, and for somebody like me who's already invested in the Google Home infrastructure, I already have the Google Home uh, equipment, the, the Nest doorbell and stuff like that. This just would plug right in, in theory, mm-hmm. you know, and you mentioned like the smoke detectors. That's another thing, you know, yes. if, if the ADT smoke detectors also did that, where it plugged into your Google Home setup. I mean, again, it's everything you need. It's all in one place on your mm-hmm. phone. It's all an easy infrastructure to plug into and life life goes, you and know, carbon monoxide. I have the yep. I have the Nest Dual, you know, the smoke mm-hmm. and I carbon monoxide. Yeah, I'm like you, Joanne. I have a hodgepodge. I have like, you know, Philips Hue bulbs. I have Google Nest uh, smoke detectors. I've got ring doorbell and cameras. I got wise cams inside. You know, I got <laughs> I got every brand. I got Yale door lock. You know, I get it all. And and I've kind of cobbled together like using Homebridge, which we should really probably mm-hmm. do an episode on Homebridge if we haven't done it already. Ooh. We might have talked about it before, I think. But it bears talking about more. But um yeah, you know, I've cobbled together some of that, but yeah, it doesn't all just seamlessly work together. And mm-hmm. it would be nice if I were to start from scratch today, I might spend $600 on the basic ADT Google system and get the cameras and the doorbell and the, mm-hmm. you know, the the various, you know, Nest products and that sort of stuff. I mean, they have a bundle that you can get. It's really cheap. Yeah, I, I don't really love the 28 bucks a month, but I'm actually paying Ring a monthly fee you know, which is Amazon, a monthly fee yeah. to store video in the cloud, which I don't love. So, you know, maybe that would be worthwhile. So I'd have to maybe even look at it, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I also don't yeah, love man. climbing on a ladder every you know month or so <laughs> to change the batteries in the ring cameras. That's that's annoying. Yeah, see, Ooh. we're looking at outside cameras now, and I'm looking at the solar. Because yeah. Oh, there you go. Don't I want had, the husband up on a ladder. I had a solar panel on a ring camera. I'll tell you a, a little while ago, and I, I've, I've since replaced that camera because it died. But um, the problem was is that it wasn't a great location for the panel. It wasn't getting full sun mm. in the summer. It kept the batteries charged, no problem. In the mm. winter, the batteries would it, it it could not keep up. It wasn't oh, enough sunlight okay. in in Massachusetts in the su- in the winter, so I'm, I think maybe if I had a better location for the panel, if it was if it wasn't where it was, uh, it maybe uh, could have done better. But um, just something to keep in mind with with even just the solar. You know, uh, I'd love to get wired cameras and not have to deal with that at all. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, something to think about. Uh, all right, so let's move on to our our third story, our third headline. Uh, And this is very interesting. So the headline is Amazon executives have discussed ditching Amazon basics to appease regulators. Mm. Now, Amazon basics, for anyone who's been shopping at Amazon, had noticed that Amazon sells a lot of private label stuff, batteries or, you know, uh, uh, various basic goods. The basic, uh, you know, uh, you can buy an Amazon basics paper shredder, you know, that sort of staplers. Mm -hmm. Very uh, cables. Yeah. Yeah. Cables is a big one. And it's like technology, stuff like that. And uh, they also have a couple other brands. They have like Amazon Essentials for uh, some clothing. They also have some other things like uh, paper goods called Presto, a food brand called Happy Belly, etc. Uh, now, 
this is cause that name. I know. Happy. Belly. What? I have not heard of that before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have several others too. Uh, and they've gotten a little bit in trouble. Uh, you know, regulators in various places with you and in Washington who kind of not happy with him. If it feels a little bit like they're using monopolistic power to edge out other brands. Mm-hmm. And this one complaints from other brands who said, I went to sell my product on Amazon and then not long later, an Amazon basics version of the same thing came out that they've created and they're competing with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so there's, you know, some complaints like that. And so there's been some talk among Amazon executives, apparently, according to this article of just ditching the whole business, the private label business, and just sticking with the, the brands that want to sell on Amazon. What do you think of this? Is this, you know, though, Amazon basics is tends to be cheaper which is kind of the, the appeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I always feel a little awkward buying it because I feel like I'm, I'm just making Amazon bigger <laughs> and putting other companies out of business. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, what do you think? Yeah. See, I'm a brand gal. So all of my life, mm. I have stuck with brands. And of course, various people in my life have questioned that thinking. But somehow to me, brands are always just a little better than the than the basics and and from whether it's food cans you know cables whatever i tend to move in that direction so i haven't bought many of these which is why i never heard that happy belly type thing (laughs) (laughs) i've never seen it but i hate to say it just just from a morning trip this morning to the grocery store to buy stain stick and not finding it Right. Yet I can buy it on Amazon brand, of course, mm-hmm. the stain stick, you know, in a three pack. Yeah. Amazon is a behemoth as it is. OK, yeah. so they really shouldn't be competing for all the toys. Right. I think. Okay? Yeah, that's that's what they're feeling is, is like they've grown so big. They're so successful. They've done so well at their what they do that they've almost gotten too big and people are starting to worry about them. And that, and so they worry about people worrying about them and they need to yeah. find some way to make a concession. What do you think? Yeah, Father see, see I, I'm not admittedly, I'm, I'm kind of almost the opposite of Joanne, at least as far as like shopping at the store. Uh, I'm cheap. And because I don't want the parish to have to spend more money than it has to for my food. And it, it, of course, as you all know, and everybody listening knows food is not getting cheaper right yeah. now. It's getting more expensive. No. So you open up my cabinet, you'll see a lot of our store brand for our little grocery store over here, you know, for canned foods and stuff like that. Yeah, there are there are things that occasionally the the store brand, some cereals, I, I think the store brand isn't quite as good. But beyond that, you know, a can of green beans from the store brand tastes pretty about the same to me as Del Monte green beans. So, sure. but um. But that, and that's kind of how I look at Amazon basics. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. It's, you know, their batteries are their battery. Their batteries are probably the same batteries that I can buy here in the store brand at our little grocery store. It's the same exact ones made by the same people. Who knows? But my problem with Amazon is they're pretty free to swap between name brand and non name brand. And that's where I have issues with Amazon with things like Amazon basics. Uh, a few years ago, I bought a uh, wireless controller for uh, a wireless USB control or receiver for xbox 360 so i could use my xbox 360 controller on my pc i specifically ordered the microsoft branded xbox 360 controller or Mm -hmm. receiver and got generic name no name i mean it has no name it just literally says on the on it xbox 360 receiver there's no microsoft logo there's nothing right and that's where issues like Amazon Basics becomes a problem was because it they're willing. Amazon Basics hmm? controller, like, did it was it labeled Amazon? It didn't Basics? even have an Amazon Basics logo on it. It had no logo on it whatsoever. That might be another issue that mm. Amazon has, which is that people like these uh, companies often in in somewhere in Asia are selling cheap knockoffs, but putting their listings on Amazon as the brand name. And I've I've run into that myself several times. Well. It, and this was, I remember in this particular case, reason why I was so annoyed, I purposely ordered, you know, 
from Amazon. This was not from one, two, three company right. incorporated. Well, that's this right. Was, these are coming from Amazon's warehouses. Like Amazon's yeah. not doing due diligence to, to weed these out. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's, I've, I've seen that happen too with Amazon basics where you know, sure. order a, a USB cable and you get the Amazon basics version, not the Belkin version. Let's say, you know, Interesting. You know, so, you know, and that's just like, no, I ordered a specific thing because I had a specific need and you didn't send it to me. Right. Well, that's you where know. I would, I would, you know, ask for a return, quote unquote, which usually means they just send yep. you a new one. But, uh, but even then you're not sure you can <laughs> just you do it again. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and that's, that's where I have an issue. Ha- Amazon having a, a whole, you know, a store brand, whatever. Yep. Yeah. You know, but when they use that, yeah, to, to, force other people out of the market or to move in on markets. Like you mentioned, Joanne, where, you know, some, you know, all of a sudden or Dom, whoever about where it's, they had this product and all of a sudden now there's a knockoff version of that product on Amazon that wasn't there before. Right. That's the thing that, that bugs me. And it, 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 yeah, especially if the, in your case, I'm buying the Belkin product, which is more expensive and I get the cheaper Amazon basics one that I'm not so happy with. That's a, that's bait and switch. And that's actually illegal. Yes. Uh, yes. But uh, yeah. Uh, I'm of two minds. Like I like saving money <laughs> who doesn't, <laughs> uh, but I, I don't love Amazon just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and, and sucking up all of this retail space from everywhere. And so I've been consciously trying to buy things from more companies. Like frankly, when Walmart is the underdog, <laughs> you know, yeah. things have changed and, you know, sometimes I'll buy something from Walmart or target or whatever online. Yeah. Uh, because frankly, supply chain issues being what they are, you often, like you said, can't find the thing you want in the stores. So, yeah, that's a big problem. I've been for two and a half years now, I've had to buy Benefiber, okay, mm-hmm. and uh, on Amazon, they're the only ones carrying it. Right. Mm. You cannot find the, the containers. You can find the little packages in the stores, but you can't find the big containers. And I read somewhere that it was a plastics issue. Yep. And mm-hmm. and a big big company like Amazon can stock enough of it, can get enough of it out of the supply chain that they can sell it. Yeah, that's that's where we are with things. All right, so those are our headlines. Let's move on to our picks of the week. And Joanne, I'll let you go first. What is your pick this week? Well, you were talking about your AirPods, and as much as I like Apple AirPods. I've always had a problem with them falling out of my ears at the most inappropriate time, probably because I wear earring. Mm-hmm. So if I'm putting, if I have earrings in and I have the AirPods in, things get dicey, to, put, to say it the least. Ma- masks are also a problem. Right. But I've always liked the over-the-ear, you know, um, headphones. I the was always yeah. Yeah, I was more like that. So... My neighbor had a pair of the Powerbeats Pro wireless earphones, and I looked at them, and I kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit, but I finally broke down and bought a pair. And I'll tell you, you these things don't fall out. Right. These things, and, and from a technology point of view, they run a little bit better than the AirPods for some reason. They connect easier. They connect to everything. That's a little annoying. Because they'll connect to three devices at once. Yeah. Um, they actually, for people like me, have the rocker so that you can figure out which one is lower, which one is upper. Instead of tapping so many times in your head, people <laughs> think you're a dog scratching its ear. Mm-hmm. Um, the sound, the sound is very comparable. I can't tell the difference in sound mm. at this point. But I, I don't have pros though. I've only had regular AirPods, so. I don't know about the pros, but these power beats have a nice, really nice sound. The only thing I wish they were were, and I think Beats probably makes ones, noise canceling. Because they do have different tips. You, they come with four different size tips for your ears. And certain ones will almost get all the noise canceling, but some of them doesn't matter. But there's something for everybody. I just happen to like them a lot. And the case is a lot bigger. I lose that little case. Mm, yep. I had to put silicone shield on it so I could find it in a pocketbook. This case <laughs> is a, a little bit bigger and can yep. be a little bit clunkier. But overall, if you're looking for something that's higher, you know, a high quality sound, but a lower price than 
than the Pro, the Air, AirPod Pro, these would fit your bill, especially if you're a jogger, especially if you do a lot of things outside, even gardening and stuff like that. Um, they run at one ninety nine, and they yeah. come in colors if you're into that. Of course, I got navy, right. but you know, because you know, <laughs> after a while, you know, I'm an Apple person, but after a while, when when they when they like put a color in front of you, it's like a carrot. It's like, ooh, I want that shiny. That's a color. <laughs> just black, white, or silver. Yep. Um, so I really would, if you're looking for an alternative, these are a wonderful alternative, and they work with every Apple product there is. I do have a tip, however, folks, for those of you who have M1 Macs or M2s at this point, mm-hmm. if you are trying to run a copy of Windows on Parallels, you can do that. It's not a real official copy of Windows. You can't register it. It's considered a beta copy, and you'll always have that little mark watermark that says, mm-hmm. activate your Windows now. And I'm saying this for a couple of reasons. For one reason, my husband is a tax accountant, and he has specific proprietary software that runs only on Windows, will not run on Mac. He's been a Mac user for years. And running parallels. And when he went to put this on his new Mac, it would not run properly. He could see everything, but he couldn't alter anything, couldn't write to it. Mm. So he finally got the company and they tried to walk him through it. And at one point they said, are you running this on an M1 Mac? And he said, yes. And they said, oh, doesn't work. You need a Windows machine. And this is all the lovely Qualcomm, Intel. Microsoft, yep. you know, um, merger, not merger, but the um, agreement that they have that's supposed to be running out shortly, mm-hmm. but hasn't yet. So until that does, folks, and my husband is, you know, crying crocodile tears because he has to buy a Windows machine now in order to <laughs> run this. But save yourself time because we sent two, we bought two Mac one um, M1s and had to send them back because we could not activate this thing properly so there's my bag of hurt for and tale of whoa 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 (laughs) for the week wow yeah i mean that's the one thing area where the uh, the new uh mac you know the apple silicon is just not there yet is the uh is that support for intel based software it's linux and windows just are not running properly yet on on the silicon and this was a proprietary piece of software, too. So, you know, the right. company is going, we've got a choice. We can either try to figure out, you know, get some M1 Max, try to figure out what the problem is, because I'm sure it's just a bug in the software that they can fix. Or we just say those of you that have M1 Max, tough luck. Well, yeah. and, and which is the easier job. Right. Yeah. And again, <laughs> business doesn't business people when it comes to technology Sometimes they don't see the forest for the trees. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas you want your software to run on as many machines as possible. But if you limit them to Windows machines, you're cutting out a whole this, group of people. There are a lot of people who don't realize how many Macs are now used in business right. environments. And they mm-hmm. they still think everything is Windows. And it's right. just, it's not the number one PC shipments uh, you know, in the pa- over the past year and growing is Apple. Apple is eating up mm-hmm. more and more of the market. It's not still not as ubiquitous as Windows machines, but right. you know, there are a lot of them out there and you're you're cutting off a lot of your business by by being so proprietary yeah. about it. My yeah. husband has has had a Mac for 15 years and now he's mm-hmm. and now I've suggested that he get an Alienware. So he has mm-hmm. the same amount of power as the Mac for all his open windows. Um right. but it's just going to be in a very interesting box that has an alien figure on it i told him we'll get him a cover for it glow green (laughs) no purple this one's purple oh purple nice Nice. there you go even better (laughs) excellent well thank you for both the pick and the tip uh father Corey, what do you have for a, a pick this week so I, for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, it is very much summer, as we talked about early beginning of this podcast. It's hot. And of course, with heat comes thunderstorms, mm-hmm. which some of us really, really love watching, but our systems don't. And so it's, it's good to be aware of what lightning is coming towards you. 
And there is a website called Blitzortung. It, of course, is a German word in the very poetic German, uh, you know, how poetic the German language is. Blitzortung translates into lightning detector. Right. Which is literally what this website is. It is a lightning map. Now, you've probably seen that like on Weather Channel and other things where they can show you where lightning strikes are happening. Well, this Blitzortung project this lightning, I'm just going to call it lightning detector because every person who speaks German is cringing as they hear me try to say it. Uh, <laughs> this lightning detector project is basically an open source lightning detector. And basically people volunteer to spend, I think they, it's 300 pounds is what it says for the original box, plus whatever it costs for your antenna. And it, this, they go there throughout the world. There's thousands of these people who have set up these detectors and they listen at specific frequencies. It's some, they, they describe it all on the website. There's a very lengthy description on the website of a PDF you can read that talks in detail. But basically, it's listening in certain frequencies, low frequencies, for the radio pulses that lightning puts off. If you remember listening to old AM radio and you'd hear the crackle when mm-hmm. lightning would, would mm-hmm. fire, that's what they're listening for. And so these detectors are all over North America, all over, all over the world, uh, Europe, yeah. Australia. Yeah. Yeah, there's some parts of the world. Like, I don't think there's any in, in uh, or many in like Africa or places like that. But East, East Asia, all these places. And they're sitting listening to. So like right now, as we're recording, there's a bunch of really active thunderstorms down along the, the Florida panhandle. <laughs> yeah, a there's a bunch in Eastern France. I mean, the Eastern France ones are going good. I wish I was over there watching them. I've been a pretty impressive storm. But you can zoom in, if, depending on which maps you use. And some are, they've got like three different maps you can use on the website. They've got one which is basically a Google map or an open street map. And so you can zoom in where you're at and see what thunderstorms are around you. Mm. Uh, what brought this to my attention is a couple of weeks ago, we had a thunderstorm where there was a lightning strike about a quarter mile, half mile outside of town. I mean, it was one of those where it's just like flash crack. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was that quick. You know, and so it's fun to sit and watch, you know, watch the storms move in and watch where the lightning strikes are. Uh, and as I said, this is an open source project. You can buy the equipment and contribute to it. Now, there happens to be a couple of these detectors actually up in Great Falls, which is only about 25 miles from me. So I'm not going to worry about it. But other, you know, but it uses triangulation, basically. Multiple detectors pick it up. They collaborate through GPS and it all works together. And so it's uh it's, it's really cool. Um, you can also get apps. These are unofficial apps, but they use the data. And then you can have it on your phone. And the uh, one app I've got uh, for Android, it can do notifications if there's lightning within so many kilometers or miles of your location. Wow. So, you know, you could have early warning. Now, of course, they say on the website, don't rely on this for protection of people or equipment. But. Still, to have that notification of lightning within 10 miles. Yeah. Get to shelter. You know, Boy Scouts would say, get to shelter yes. now. This is, you know, really and so, cool. and you know, yeah. same thing with sports, you know, events and stuff like that. You know, you, if you find out there's a storm close by. So it's fun to watch. And again, it, it's something that's one of those summer, you're outdoors if it's summer. It's a good thing to have on your phone just in case. Cool. Like it, it really is cool. <laughs> Just watching yeah. the, the lightning strikes. Like you mentioned in, in Eastern France right now, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's mesmerizing. You can, you can zoom in on the one on the live map. It's map.blitzortongue.org. Yeah. And you can zoom in and just watch it pop, 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 pop. <laughs> yeah. So what you'll see is, is that they stay on the screen for a, like for a certain amount on the map for a certain amount of time after they've struck, just to kind of give you an yeah. idea of where they are. And then the real time ones are they, 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 there's a, I don't know, a circle that expands for a second. So it just it yeah. pops. Um, so you, you, what you're getting is like historical data for the last two hours and then real time uh, 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 shots right now. Yep. And uh, that's really cool. I like it. I, I love this use of uh, open source data, you know, uh, crowdsource data for such purposes. It's really neat. And like I said, if you want to know more how it works, you go to you can go to that website and it talks about something about how to contribute or something like that. And you click that link and it's got it's a PDF that you could spend an hour geeking out on the science of it, the mm-hmm. technology of it. It's very in-depth. Yes. It's really cool. Cool. So my pick this week is kind of fun. Um, not 
it's not a it's not a productivity thing. It's just a kind of a fun extra thing. Uh, so a while ago, I think I, I think it was even a pick of the, uh, of the week for me once. Uh, I bought one of those clicky keyboards, the uh, from uh, Wasd W A S D keyboards. Uh, mm-hmm. But this applies to any you know third party keyboard out there. You can you can do this. Uh, I bought a set of replacement keycaps. Uh, Partly because I I am tough on my keyboards. I wear out the the printing on the keys, especially <laughs> like the S and the E and the like. I don't know. I I'm I'm a hard typer, I guess. Uh, and so I'm always having to re, you know uh, replace these. And so I decided to to check it out. And this I just went to this one, you know, the the place I got my keyboard from. You can do these from other places. And I got custom keycaps, different colors. Uh, and, and you can mix and match colors. They sell sets that have, you know, like the, like a rainbow across it or, uh, certain designs that you can get like a Marvel keycap uh, replacements where you have uh, the different Marvel characters on the keys and, you know, all kinds of stuff from the sublime to the silly. Uh, and I ended up getting a, a set of keycaps that are, uh, red and green, like a sort of a, a, a khaki green, and uh, so uh, a orangish red. Basically, I got a Boba Fett theme. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, this was about when the the uh, the uh, book of Boba Fett was coming out on Disney Plus, and it's a lot of fun. It, I mean, it's not cheap, but you know, if I have to replace the keycaps anyway, which I end up doing because I, I like I said, I wear them out. You know, I might as well get something that's fun and interesting, and uh, and it. it, it it looks good, um, but you can get, you know, a, a really nice set of, you know, white keycaps if you want to go back to the old IBM PC early days or even the early Mac days where they had white keycaps or uh, just various kinds. And now from a productivity standpoint, if you are someone who spends all day long in, say, like Adobe Premiere or Adobe Photoshop or one of these other uh, apps, you can get keycaps that have the alt like the uh, commands on it. So, you know. Pressing M in Adobe Premiere does, I'm sure it does something. I forget now, but like <laughs> there's one, like there's one keycap that, that splits the the timeline and there's another one. And if I hit shift, it does this and you can get keycaps that have all the information on them nice. so that uh, it's all right there at literally at your fingertips. So uh, yeah. It, so uh, this one is at the you know, wazdkeyboards.com. There was another one I saw recently uh, drop.com is a third party. They sell keyboards, but they also sell uh, keycaps. And they had some for, since the, uh, the new Amazon Lord of the Rings series is coming up, the Rings of Power, they actually sell an Elvish set. So uh, maybe you want to figure, <laughs> if you're a real Tolkien geek, you can get that uh, and, and check it out. So uh, yeah, let's think about keycaps. I'm, I'm surprised you can get the Mandalore legend one. They didn't have it at the time. Where, where you're looking on the Waz keyboards. It's only, yeah, on the Wads keyboard, but it's it's only an eighty eight key set. It's it's for more like a laptop sized keyboard than a yeah. I'm a full you know one hundred four key keyboard guy kind of guy. Um, uh, but I didn't know they had that uh, at the time, so I'll have to take it take a look. They have it now. Hopefully, they'll come out with the the hundred four hundred five key set. Maybe if I ask points, nicely, you can get that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, they have Game of Thrones. You've got to be kidding. Of course. Oh yeah, like, like I said, they have like a lot of uh, these licensed materials. I I think I saw a Star Wars one on drop.com so uh yeah it is uh it's a lot of it it's a it's a way to personalize your stuff that's one of the things people do a lot now we get personalized phone cases personalized you know, we've got stickers on our laptop cases um and this is another way of do, of sort of personalizing what can be a very generic sort of thing so uh, uh nice check it out all right, that should do it for us this time. You can, uh, we'd love to hear from you and get your questions, your tips, your uh, responses to anything we've t- discussed. You can do that by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. You can send an email to technology at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You'll find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. Be sure to follow The Secrets of Tech in Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, and also at the StarQuest YouTube channel where you should make sure to hit the bell to get notifications. We'd like to thank James for his research assistance in this episode. And until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Technology. Thank you, Dom. Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. 
And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. And stay cool, everyone. <laughs>